0: Thanks for joining us on episode 1,246 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast.
1: I'm Travail Lynch, and I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talents, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to see the possibilities in yourself is key in one way. To be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Maydard. So many people are saying, hey man, do you understand me? Do you get where I'm coming from? Do you understand my pain? Do you know what I went through last night? Do you know the conditions that I'm in? Yes, we have success stories all over the place, but we have a lot more
0: the world. In today's interview with Travel Lynch, I asked Travel about what he sees as real leadership. Travel also shares how he thinks we can best influence others, and I also ask him to share with you how he's developed his own skills to influence others. One reason I like to bring you great interviews like the one you're going to hear today is because of the power in learning from others. Another great way to learn from others is through reading books But if you're like most people today, you find it hard to find the time to sit down and read. And that's why today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Go to inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to sign up and you can get a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. And instead of reading, you can listen your way to learn from some of the greatest minds out there. That's inspiredstewardship.com slash audible to get your free trial and listen to great books the same way you're listening to this podcast. Trevell Lynch is a self worth specialist, podcast host, author, and founder of I Am the Possible. Trevell comes from a challenging past, including much trauma that led to homelessness, crime, and eventually incarceration. Today, Trevell is a father of four and husband of one. He's become an ordained pastor a men's mentor, self-worth specialist, corporate trainer, author, speaker, and podcast host. His journey in life exemplify that idea of self-transformation and his company's philosophy, I and my possibilities are one and the same. Everything I hope to be tomorrow, I already am today. Welcome to the show, Trevel.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Scott. I really appreciate this opportunity and really excited about being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me.
0: So one of those things that, It's a word that you hear a lot, and a lot of times people think about this as influence, and this is something that we were talking about, the criteria that we have. This is one of those things that gets put Mm -hmm. on that criteria list. How, and yet I've discovered over the years that when I ask people this, a lot of people define this in different ways, in different shapes, in different forms, and that's one of the reasons I ask, and that's the word leader, Mm -hmm. leadership. Mm -hmm. How do you define being a leader or being in leadership?
1: Yeah. I actually use it in terms or in the context of the word lead ship. I define it as leading from within the ship, taking the lead within the ship. And I'm a very visual person and love to try to draw analogies. And I always just say, picture a boat and you're on a ship. I'm sorry. You're on a ship or a boat and you're in the water, you're in the ocean and something arises some crisis arises obviously Jesus in the bible that's a perfect example of leadership but it's the person that says we're in this thing together and I'm going to I'm going to take the lead I'm going to, I'm going to initiate what is the best course of action what decisions need to be made here how are we going to be successful in our journey how are we going to make it from this side to that side and that's the person that steps up and says, "I'm going to consider the route, the path. I'm going to consider the elements. I'm going to consider how people are feeling. I'm going to consider where I am as a person. I'm going to consider the necessary tools and what are the necessary conditions for us as a group to be successful." So it's just leading within the ship is not the guy that's on the shore saying, Hey, paddle your own boat. Hey, come on, man. I'm over here already. Let's go. Let's go. I'm here. Let's go. What are you doing? It's the person that says, Oh, you got room for me. Okay. Let me get in with you. And how can I now best serve you? How can I be of service to the overall goal and mission of the collective group? And now you just put that in whatever context that you have for yourself personally, right? It could be in your church. It could be on your job. It can be within your family, but you just make it applicable to your personal context.
0: And I will just point out that Jesus, before he stepped up and took leadership in that particular boat was taking a nap. Naps exactly. are good too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I have a shirt that says, do what Jesus did, take a nap. Oh, I love it. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 There's several instances of that. Elijah was getting real cranky and God's here's some food, go take a nap. Now do you feel better? <laughs> it's a hangry, hangry's in the Bible too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, that, I love that analogy or that picture of, of leader within the ship too, because I think that also leaves it open to the idea of it's not just a positional thing. It's not just a, you're not necessarily just talking about the captain. In that See, case. that's
1: right. No. Yeah. No. And what's beautiful about leadership is that it's fluid because if there's five or six guys in a boat, excuse me, and the current need is, let's say navigation, we need to go north. One of the five or six guys has a compass. Okay. I'm going to pull my compass out of my pocket and hold it up or do whatever you need to do to make a compass work. And it's up like, oh, guys. Okay. Now we need to paddle this way. Cause this is North. Okay. We got direction now. You're good, but for that moment you led. Now the next thing is, hey guys, we need. I you know I don't know, we need some food to sustain us. Oh, I you know what? I brought some in my backpack. Okay, here let me serve you guys. Here, let's divvy up the. Oh, now they're leading in that moment, and so it's fluid. And I think that's the best way to to be a part of leadership. It's not the ego. It's not the look at me. It's not the I'm to stand out front and make sure everyone knows that I'm in charge. It's, man, how can I play my position? How can I serve when it's my time?
0: So what are some of the things that if somebody is thinking about developing their influence, leading others, doing these sorts of things, what are some of the mindsets or resources or tips that you would have for them? what When it comes to influence,
1: you know, influence for me is more about transparency than it is... I don't know, showing strength and showing boldness and in the proper context, there's always a need to be courageous or to be daring or to be confident. But when it really comes to influencing other people, at least for my journey, I've influenced more people in and through my brokenness or in and through my suffering and in and through my ability to share where I am and really pull people in to... Hey, this is where I am and I can identify with where you are. One of the things that my, my senior pastor, which is my cousin as well. And I think he got it from John Maxwell. I don't know if John Maxwell got it from somewhere, someone else, but they say no one, no one, oh, I'm sorry. People don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Yeah.
0: That does predate John, but John made that very famous. (laughs) Okay, right?
1: Yeah, because of his
0: influence. John Maxwell is one of my mentors, so I've had had the privilege of being in a room with about two hundred people and actually speaking Uh, to John personally and those sorts of things. But anyway, keep yeah, keep going. Uh, Yes. See, there you go.
1: Yeah. So it's the so for him to have coined it, it means that he said it very often, and it means that he does. He says it all the time. (laughs) See, see. (laughs) So it's ingrained, and so he's living by that. That philosophy, right? And so it's this idea that if people don't care how much... So it's not about boasting and it's not about being braggadocious and showing how much knowledge you have and all that. I've been around people who are... I mean, they have vast knowledge, wealth, understanding, a grip on a, a concept, but they have no influence over me. And I've seen them have no influence over others. People just roll their eyes and whatnot because you're not connecting. I think influence is connection and connection starts at the point of our pain. It's at the point of our suffering. So many people are saying, Hey man, do you understand me? Do you get where I'm coming from? Do you understand my pain? Do you know what I went through last night? Do you know the conditions that I'm in? Yes, we have success stories all over the place, but we have a lot more pain, suffering, depression, anxiety, fear, worry, doubt, I'm going through this horrible situations. And those people want to say or want you to say, I get it by you expressing and you sharing and you being transparent through your suffering, because I don't care how much success you have, you're suffering or you've been through something. And so if you're looking to have more influence over people, start with transparency, start with telling your story with as much detail as you're comfortable with where you are. You don't have to tell every little detail because some of that stuff, hey man, that's your personal business. But you can tell enough of it in a general way to say, hey, I get it too. I've been there too. So here's my pain. And then here's my progress. I've felt what you felt, been where you are, done what you've done. And this is how I've come out. And that's where the inspiration happens. They need to identify and then they need to be inspired.
0: So as a, an Arthur yourself, as a podcaster, as a speaker, doing all of this work, obviously you have a, a degree of influence with others as well. How do you make sure that you stay focused on the influence and putting out a message that that you think helps make people move? Yes,
1: that's a very simple formula. <laughs> Two part. Number one, I have made a personal commitment with myself and with society that I will never share anything that I have not gone through myself. I won't share it unless I practice it. almost practice what you preach, walk what you talk. I hold that near and dear to my heart. So before I create a piece of content, podcast, episode, stand on a stage, preach a sermon, it's going to come out of my own personal experience. Otherwise, I don't need to be saying it. I just That's just a standard. I just don't need to be saying it. I don't dabble in theoretics and, oh, I heard over there. If I'm not doing it, I'm not saying so. it So that that way it comes from a real place and people can know when you're genuine. People know when you're genuine. They know when you're real and they can feel phoniness as well. So I always say I got to come from that real place. And then the, the other thing is that I always speak to myself. I'm my worst critic. I'm my worst. Judge, right? I'm the person that compares myself the most. I speak to the younger version of me. And I like to say that I speak to myself in the presence of others. Like right now, I'm going through a season right now, literally, where it is extremely difficult on a personal level. And I'm I'm going to be up to to pray and to cover our service on Sunday. And this is this is a real thing. And. and it's been very difficult for me to really, in a sense, lift my head and praise the Lord and whatnot. And God's dealing with me. and He's working through some things with me. And one of the things that he's reminded me of is to not allow my joy to be robbed of my praise to be stolen from me. And so when I get up and I pray on this upcoming Sunday, I have to pray where I am. Now, I know a lot of people, Are very used to oh he's so charismatic he's so dynamic he's so passionate oh man we can't people have complimented me on oh man your prayer is so powerful oh when you pray i hear this i feel this and that stuff can get in your ear and depending on that just the you can start trying to live up to something no thank you but i'm going to keep a level head i'm not going to all wrapped up into your praise because that can be here today and gone tomorrow I share all that to say, I can't pretend. So when I grab that microphone, it's going to be, this is where I am and this is how I can pray in this moment. And whatever God wants to do, and God's going to do whatever he wants to do in that moment. And just my covering of the service and the various things that I'll need to do. But I give that example to say, that's how. It's always being of integrity and it's always... Me speaking to me in the presence of other people, and they're going to get what they need. I just trust that.
0: Yeah, that that yeah, that's the beauty. And I, I like you. I get the opportunity to preach not infrequently, and I always love it when you've delivered a message. First off, I'm like you. I always tell people, it's, by the way, I'm I, this is my sermon to myself." Y'all just get to listen in. Oh, <laughs> I, like, love, I'm, it. I'm I preaching love it. I it because I need to hear it now. Y'all just. Y'all can hang out and listen to me while I talk to myself. I love uh, it. I do the same thing. But then (laughs) I've had the experience, and I'm sure you have too, of somebody coming up to you. And actually, back a few weeks ago, you were talking about your experience in prison and listening to the message. And you didn't really hear it, but this is what you took away from it. The interesting thing I've had is people come up to me and say, oh, when you said this in your sermon, it was so powerful. And I've got the sermon recorded, and I never said that. Those words never came out of my mouth, literally or figuratively. There wasn't a point in the sermon where I said, and they're quoting, they're saying, Mm. you said in quotes, that this is what this sentence came out of your mouth. And it's no, (laughs) no, (laughs) No, it didn't. And then Mm. you have to go that. Okay. That's the Holy Spirit showing up. They heard what they needed to hear. It wasn't what, you know, and it's not us delivering the word. It's Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit yes and that can get us in trouble too (laughs) because that's again back to your big head thing of sometimes Mm. it's we start hearing that as well then that means what i say is somehow more important or more Mm. valuable or more powerful or more special no (laughs) that's not how that works either (laughs) that's not how that works that is not how that works (laughs) Um, But it's easy to fall into that trap if you're not paying yes. attention to it. So I think that's yeah. powerful. And then the other thing that came to mind as you were talking is that's one of the beauties of Psalms and Jeremiah of recognizing that our message isn't just supposed to be to in the moments of our highest points. It's also sometimes mm. when we're at our lowest. La- Absolutely. Lamentation, anger... I've had that prayer with God where I'm yelling at him. I'm sure you have too. You yes. Know. Yes. And God's oh, big yeah. enough to hear that too. We can pray mm-hmm. out of our anger. We can pray out of our mm-hmm. laments. We can pray yes. all of those things. God's there then too. That's right. And big Love enough that. to hear it. Because I think sometimes yeah. we try to filter even our prayer message, especially if we're doing public prayer. Yes, um, And yeah God's there anyway, so might as well go ahead and say it. So when you do speaking, whether it's getting up to preach, whether it's doing a podcast episode, whatever it is, how do you, if somebody else has those opportunities to speak and they're trying to get better at it, they want to do it in a more authentic way, how mm-hmm. do you what advice do you have for others that want to get better at delivering the speaking message?
1: Yeah. I always start with sharing over skill and presence over performance. Those are my two, because I even created like a little masterclass that I was developing on public speaking because so many people have come to me and said, oh, you articulate. I would love to speak like you, yada. And so I said, maybe I'll put together a little course on speaking. And I love telling my testimony as one who came from stuttering and just having difficulty speaking. It's like, man, God can take someone who didn't want to speak with or to anyone <laughs> to standing on a stage and being extremely comfortable with it. I and mean, so, how can I use that to really bless other people? So, the first one is sharing over skills. Yes, there is a skill set to speaking, especially in public. There's all types of courses and classes you can take. I've taken them all, seen them all, done them all. Now, I believe that God's given me a gift of teaching as a spiritual gift but still there are some skill sets that you need to develop but what i've but what i've discovered is that you can have all the skills in the world but if you don't share from a genuine place no one's going to listen to you i have been in the room with some dynamic speakers man they knew all the skills man the opening the punchline the make them laugh the bring them down to emotional levels and yada yada it's man he was textbook no connection whatsoever, eyes rolling over, people looking at their cell phones. Share, share from your heart. Your speech could be, as we would consider, jacked up, choppy. You could be fumbling, stumbling all over the place. But if you come from a genuine place, meaning sharing your story, that emotional influence is far more important than the perfection of your skills. That is not to say don't develop your skills. If you want to get into public speaking, take the courses, learn the skills. That's going to make you more well-rounded and better prepared. However, don't ever put the skills over a genuine share. And then the second thing is presence. Presence over performance. Because we live in a world, but really a Western culture. That is so charismatic, so dynamic, so rah-rah, so the making of heroes. We want to put people up on pedestals and we want to put them on the camera, in front of the camera, and everyone's Hollywood. You can get into performing and forget why you're even on that stage. Mm. It is for the edification of other people. I don't care what you're standing up for. Valedictorian at school, preacher in the pulpit public speaker at a nonprofit organization. Anytime you take a mic, it is for the edification of other people. It's not
0: for you. It's for the audience.
1: Always. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So be present for them and don't, don't perform. If you feel nervous and anxious, cause you have to, okay, now as soon as I get on stage, I've got to take three steps and then spin around. And then the lights are going to flash. If you're caught up in that, you know that you're trying to perform and you're so concerned about how you look that you have forgotten your purpose for even being there. And people, what I've discovered, my last tidbit of advice, what I've discovered is people don't really take you as serious as you think they do. Right. You really think people are looking at your shoes and looking at the way you dress and looking at your hair and looking at, they're not concerned with that. People are sitting in chairs or they're showing up to events and they're saying, can you help me? And all that other stuff goes out the window. So don't perform. Be present. Acquire your skills, but never forget to just share.
0: Yeah, We talked about John Maxwell earlier. And one of the questions I've asked John, because there's somebody that you go watch him speak and you go to the rules of public speaking, the the way you're supposed to do it. The way, right. Yeah. He doesn't do any of that. He he nope. comes out and he says to Sharon, he goes, I'm John and I'm your friend. That's literally oh almost always the first words out of his mouth. Yeah, you know, I'm John and I'm your friend. He has several nope. doctorates and all of this. He doesn't, I'm not Dr. John. I'm just John.
1: See? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know,
0: not John C. Maxwell. He's just John and I'm uh-huh. your friend. And I asked him one time, I actually put, went up to him and said, John, you break all of the rules of public speaking. How is that? And he put his arm around me and he said, Scott, you know what? You have to follow the rules for a really long time before you get the mm. right to. Wow. And what he wow. meant as he went on and we talked about it is he said, I did take all of the courses. I did do all of the formulas. I practiced all of that so mm-hmm. that I could know and develop what was my authentic way of delivering my message. That's yeah. my- oh. he says, but I had to do all this other stuff to find mine. That's <laughs> so right. I, See, If that's I hadn't good. gone through that, then I never uh-huh. would have gotten to mine. It's And I loved that because it's okay, that's it. Do what you just said of do mm. the skills, don't ignore them, but yeah, that's not know. the point. The point is to get to the <laughs> point where you can share and be that's- I'm John and I'm your friend when 50,000 people will pay to hear him say that you know, not because it's about 50,000 people. But my point is <laughs> no one would argue that John Maxwell is not a good speaker.
1: <laughs> no, no. You know what? Just to really quickly piggyback on that. No, absolutely not. Because he came here. We moved to California in 2001 In 2000. And I want to say 2003, this was before I made a decision to, to go into the public space and to do podcasting or coaching or speaking before I made any decision with that, we went, he spoke at faith. I want to say the faith community, but it was faith something church in West Covina. And we were here in, in a Pasadena. So it's about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes away, but he had like a conference or something that he had. This was my first time ever seeing him. I had read some of his books before. So I was familiar but I'd never seen him in person, never really watched any of his videos. So we go in and we were blessed through a pastor that knows a pastor. So we were blessed to get like front row seats. Mm -hmm. So I'm in arms length away from the stage. And so he comes out, like you said, he comes out, there's nothing but a chair. There's a stand and there's a half full glass of water. Yep. This man, listen, no PowerPoints, no microphones, No, no uh, PowerPoints, no, no cameras, lights, bells, whistles, no no cell phone in his hand, no prompter notes. This man walked out on stage and sat in that chair, took a sip of that water and spoke for about two hours straight. And when I, and when he was, I said, that's what I'm going to do with my life. That's what I'm going to do with my life. I made a decision. He inspired me to such a degree. I said, that's what I'm going to do with my life. I said, this guy has something that I've never seen before and I want it. He had the ability to communicate in such a beautiful and organic, like you knew he knew his stuff, but he needed no exterior components. Mm -hmm. It was so embedded within him that he could show up and sit on a stage and not hide behind. Oh, next PowerPoint slide, guys next PowerPoint slide, or, oh, let me take my notes. sir. He needed, n- and I said, man, that's what I want to do with my life. So, yeah, I just you know, share that story to say, man, <laughs> yeah. that that brother is the real deal, man.
0: Yeah, no. Real I, deal. He's, I, again, I've been around him a f- number of times, and everything I can tell, at least, he's that way, on the stage, off the stage, whatever. He just, he's just John. <laughs> Yep. And that's who he is. And you can again, you heard me call him John cuz he insists on being called John. He doesn't want to be called Mr. He'll tell you. You call him Mr. Maxwell, he's like that's my dad. Ah, that, okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't call me that. Call me John. You can follow Trevell Lynch on Facebook or Instagram as I am the possible or find him on his website at iamthepossible.com. Of course, he's also active over on YouTube As Trevell Lynch, I am the possible. I'll have links to all of this over in the show notes as well. Trevell, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener?
1: Yeah, I just want to, as I'm always given an opportunity to, or whenever I'm given an opportunity to, is that I just want to encourage you, no matter where you are, no matter what you've accomplished, no matter what you've not accomplished, that I really want you to really consider the fact that your existence is the evidence. That you matter. The only reason that you're here is because you matter. Your existence is the evidence that you need to prove and to show yourself where it matters most that you matter. And be encouraged to take that journey of self discovery, that journey of the inward journey, and to really seek out, to really search. And to really secure an identity for yourself that comes from within and not come from, or doesn't come from those things that are without on the outside of you. So that would be my number
0: one encouragement. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live Invest your time, your talent, and your treasures. Develop your influence and impact the world.